Welcome to the Pact of My Mike Grimes here with Pat Abendroth, and today we are ready for episode 86. And today on the episode, we're going to be talking about the state of theology. Oh, the Ligonier survey. Yes, we're going to be talking about the new Ligonier survey that just released results here within the past few days. Everybody's talking about it. It's all over the Twitterverse. We figured we might as well chime into the, we co- might to the well. cacophony, <laughs> we the might theological well cacophony, uh, <laughs> cacophony. Of, of voices out there. <laughs> Uh, well, we're glad you're here listening, and we hope that as you're listening, you're sipping on that nice cup of Pactum Oh, coffee. nice. That Tenebras Dark. We did have several listeners place orders <laughs> nice. last week, and we want to encourage you, if you want to participate in drinking of that ca- the, the, ca- the caffeinated, caffeinated fellowship. Yeah. You know, we're going through it at my house uh, big time. So. Yeah, you can get some. You can go to our website, thepactum.org. Old Mrs. Pactum likes it. I she shouldn't does. call her Old Mrs. Pactum. Old and there are actually two Mrs. Pactums because we're co-hosts. But oh, we man. do we do like the survey. Some people hate on the survey. I think it's helpful, especially since they do it every two years, and you can kind of see trends, things that are increasing, decreasing. Right. And so I, I'm I'm cool with it. I like it. I like it not because I want to like slam and bash everybody who's dumb in evangelicalism. Right. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. But as Christians, I want to know what people are believing. I want to know what the strengths and weaknesses are. In addition, I like it because there's always new people, always new people at the church, always new people in my life. Yep, yep. What might they be believing Yes. so that we can be more effective? I yeah. want everyone to be a missionary and think like a missionary. I certainly do. And so I find it motivating. Uh, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to yeah, be... I think so. Yeah, as I, as I look through some of the things on the survey, I thought, oh, really? That's not what I would have expected. Mm-hmm. So it even sometimes maybe helps us... Uh, see what's really happening amongst evangelicals or what people are thinking or what's being taught or what's being espoused as the position you ought to take. I don't know what yep. it is, but uh, sometimes maybe we get in a little bubble and we're not aware. So I think it's helpful. Good. So we're not going to do Eeyore. Great. No, great. We're, we're so bashing. This is terrible. Actually, for such a time as this, yes. thinking about the book of Esther, God has us alive. This is when, God, according to God's sovereign purposes and plan, we're living, doing ministry. So let's let's just step into it and embrace it and uh, learn what evangelicals are thinking. If right. you want to find the site, you can. Uh, you can find it at thestateoftheology.com. I'm sure you can find it on Ligonier's site as well. We'll link to it in the show notes. We will. Yes. So evangelicals, we're going to focus on that, not just the by and large kind of people. Mike, you want to tell people how they define evangelical as far as who these people are? Yes. Evangelicals were defined by Lifeway Research as people who strongly agreed with the following four statements. Edge of my seat ready. Here we go. They agreed with these four statements. The Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Agree with that. I'm 25% evangelical. You are 25% evangelical. Number two, it is very important for me personally to encourage non Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'm 25 more cents. There you go. Evangelism. Almost a dollar, right? 50 cents. Okay. Third one, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. I'm in, 75. There we go. Last one, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Okay. 
So we might label ourselves with other labels, but we would fall under the banner of evangelical, even though sometimes we want to be more than that. We want to talk about being reformed or something like that, but we're we're also, in addition to that, evangelical. Evangelical. Yes, we are. And so that's the part of the survey we're kind of looking at. This is kind of uh, their takeaway, their kind of rundown of some highlights that they found from evangelicals. Yep. Let's start with God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Ooh. True or false, God learns and adapts to different <laughs> circumstances. U.S. US evangelical findings, 48% agree. That's... Hello. That's hello, interesting, hello, isn't it? Hello, hello. So, so that's wild. I would not have guessed that 48% would agree that God learns and adapts. So therefore God changes. Yeah. Uh, maybe people weren't thinking they were getting themselves into that, but according to that great Italian theologian, Malachi, <laughs> Malachi three, six for I, the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob are not consumed. So we don't want him to change. Uh, it's actually a positive thing. Sometimes I think people want him to change because then he's more like us folks. We don't want God to be more like us. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, J- Go ahead. I was going to say, and what we didn't mention was while 48% agree, people might say, well, that means that more disagree. No, that's not true. According to the survey, 43% disagree. So there's not even more people who disagree than agree with it. What happened that's, to all those other people? They were undecided. They they were just indifferent. They they voted independent or they something. Did, they did. <laughs> <laughs> James 117 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So once again, we have to remember, we we don't want God to change. Right. Uh, the good things that come to us, come to us because God is without change. Yeah. So he's not doing, he, he's not doing any learning. Um, no, there's no learning going on there. There are things that God cannot do, as we like to say, when we're trying to be provocative. Yes. So I think it's a great time actually for a doctrine of God studies because yep, yep. such things are going on right now as far as the resurgence of classic traditional doctrine of God, um, theology proper. So I'm actually excited about these days when it comes to not the 48% think think that God learns. Right, yeah. But right now with so many people learning about that passability, impassibility debates and other issues that have to do with the doctrine of God, right. some great books are being written, some great conferences. So I think that number might get better. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's where we're saying, you know, what a time to be alive, what a, li- a time to be doing ministry, to be a part of helping people see who God truly really is. Uh, this isn't an opportunity to look and be like, man, what a, what a downer that 48% would agree, but what an opportunity we have Absolutely. to encourage and yeah. equip. Yeah, this is good. This is a, a, a good time to be alive and kicking. Yeah, it is. Okay, so the second one uh, on this state of theology findings here, this is amongst evangelicals, keep in mind, everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. That's the statement they gave. Everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. And would you believe that 65% of evangelicals... Are Pelagian. Agree. (laughs) 65% of evangelicals agree with the fact or the statement, excuse me, not the fact, the statement that everyone is born innocent in the eyes of God. Yeah. See, we have a lot of work to do. Wow. That's just the dominant kind of maybe worldview. If unbelievers are being asked, I could totally see it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but not not evangelicals. Come no. on, folks. We got to get over the Pelagianism. So we, we know that the Bible, I mean, the Bible is so clear, whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, uh, by nature, we're children of wrath, Ephesians chapter two. Right. Um, 
even the fact that we're condemned because of our federal head, Adam, Romans chapter 5, Romans 3, no one does good, no, not one, none righteous, no, not one, Psalm 14, the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah, you know what? We Pastors who listen, no, Christian, everybody who listens, we, we the mission field is, is significant. Yes. And part of our mission field actually shows up at church on Sundays yep. in evangelical churches. So we've got to help people understand that uh, salvation is something that we need. We need God to save us. We need him to give us a new heart, new life. We're not naturally good. We're actually, because of the fall, we're naturally bad, not born innocent yes, in yeah. the eyes of God. Now, having said that, if I could just color outside of the lines a little bit. Oh, I confessed my sin this morning, my, my per- American parental sin. When I was teaching a class, I, I admitted that maybe the reason my kids are in counseling is because I never once said to any of my five children, never once did I ever say, you're such a good kid. <laughs> you're such a good boy. You're such a good girl. I say it to Ozzy the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in relative good. Um, so I could have said, you're such a relatively good child. <laughs> now, relatively now good having child. said that, I told my kids I love them. I still tell them that over and over and over again. But I couldn't bring myself to say, you're good. You're good I, I would say, good job, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm willing to say that. But never good because no one does good. No, not one. We're not born innocent in the eyes of God. There's this thing called the fall. There's this thing called depravity. So we have to keep that in mind. Now, Mike, if, if I know you're trying to push me to get me to move on. No, you're so fine. Cal- keep, calm keep down, man. It's calm, all right. Calm down. Don't give me You're those. on the couch. Hang don't, out. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's interesting in certain circles, like circles we run in, when people um, don't think through com- uh, relative good, somehow we, we over-pendulum swing the other direction and we have no category for relative good. Mm. Uh, we have no category for people still being made in the image, image, of, of, image God. of God, sure. even though it's marred, even though it's corrupted, it's still there. And so we don't, uh, natural revelation, things like that. Uh, we do need to keep those things in mind as well, because people do good. They just don't do absolute saving capital G good. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I just wanted to get that off my chest. That's good. I think that's important to consider. I think churches like ours are filled with people who don't have that category. So I brought it up. Yep. I think you're right. Okay. Let's do the next one. Okay. Let's keep on rolling here. Every Christian, here's the statement provided on their, their, it's not a quiz. It's a, it's a, it's a survey. It's a survey. Thank you. By Ligonier and Lifeway, 2022. Yep. So here's the statement. Every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. And 68% agree with that statement. The rest, the other 26 that said no, are all followers of John Nelson Darby, apparently. <laughs> I was reading Darby yesterday when I want to get my dander up. So He's, you do that to get all hyped up, don't you? I do. I thought, you know what? What does John Darby say about local you know, membership since there's not a third Timothy that says, here's, right. here's yeah. how thou shalt do church membership. Somehow it's of the devil. So, okay, thank you for letting me get on the Pactum sofa and get that off my chest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's good that at least 68%, uh, but you would think that all evangelical Christians who've you know read just maybe parts of the Bible sure. uh, would realize that um, belonging to a local church is important. Starting with Jesus and talking about church accountability, even when it comes to sin, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, uh, you have to tell it to the church when there's unrepentant sin, and how can you tell it to the church when there is no church? Right, 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 yeah. So I, I like to tell people, if you can't be kicked out of a local mm. church, 
somehow you don't belong enough. Yeah. 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 Um, so because, because of church discipline and that's, that's not the only reason why you should belong to a local church, but I need to formally be connected enough that, you know what, if I'm deviant in my practices, I'm accountable and I could actually be excommunicated and you have to be communicated right. if you're going to be excommunicated. You have to be a communicate member. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's kind of a weird one, a little predictable, the kind of American free spirit, independent kind of mindset. But yeah, when you read passages like first Corinthians for the Lord's supper, I forgot how many times it says when you come together, when you come together, yeah. it, I think it's like five times. It's assumed if you're going to participate even in the basic sacrament of the Lord's supper, right? Local church, local congregation kind of ordinance. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Importance. Church. We like church. I, you know what? I grew up going to a dead church, though, and then I got converted by reading the Bible. And so then I thought church is bad because they didn't teach me the Bible. So I was anti-church for a while. Hmm. That's interesting. Now I'm pro-church. Now you're pro-church? A churchman. I like to say <laughs> a that. A churchman. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Next one on our little list of them that we collected here. God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Coexist, baby. Coexist bumper sticker is the statement they're trying to see what evangelicals think. And I've seen one of those stickers in our church parking lot before. And it, for it, serious. It, it made me smile. I thought, that's, I'm so glad you're here. That's awesome. No way. Because we're going to do some splaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, the finding on the survey says that 56% agree. That's just wild and sauce. What's interesting on some of these, you know, they, I think actually a lot of them, maybe all of them, they have kind of the trajectory and how the responses have changed over the years. Yep. And this one's gone up. Which I think makes sense because of the push of our yeah. culture. Yeah. That so, does make sense. It's, but it, that's unfortunate. It's frog in the kettle. Yeah. So we hear that all the time. And so we're more likely to believe that way. 2016, it was 48%. 18, it was 51%. 2020, 42%. A little bit of a change there. Must, yeah. must have been who was in the White House or something. <laughs> <laughs> I totally kid. Uh, and then 2022, 56% agree. So I guess when we're ignorant of the Bible because pastors don't preach the truth or it's not always all on pastors, it's also on individuals right, and churches. Yeah. Um, but the reality is Jesus is really clear that I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father but by me. Yep. Conscious faith in Christ. Or we could go not only to John fourteen six, but Acts four twelve. There's no other name, so it's specific, given under heaven by which we must be saved. He's the one and only Savior, John three sixteen. Um, my interpretive take on that, uh, they're not the same. So you may, if you, if you're new to Christianity or you're new to thinking through these issues and you think, well, I thought they were all Abrahamic faiths hmm. or something like that. Um, we would just encourage you to read the new Testament and uh, not only see what Jesus did, but also hear Jesus interpret what he did. And also from his, his apostles and the disciples who came after him. You might also want to listen to our episode 14. It's called Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Yep. That might be insightful and helpful for you. I think we worked hard on that one, Mike, not to be, um, not to be as lighthearted as yes. we are. Yeah. We tried to be earnest about the topic, to not be flippant about it and just, you know, yuck it up. We worked hard at that. <laughs> we, we, we did because of the controversy that's involved. Yeah, we wanted to be careful. Uh, fundamentally different religions. Uh, and think about this, if you would, Pactum verse. D- it's not only different religions, but different gods. Yeah. Yes. So yes. Uh, the, the one true and living God, the God of the Bible, is a 
is the triune God. He didn't become triune uh, in Matthew 1. Right, yes. So he is the eternal triune God. He always has been triune. So it's not like, oh, um, he was... Uh, we don't have Unitarianism in the Old Testament and Trinitarianism right. in the New right. Testament. Yeah. So keep that in mind. It does make us distinct from the other religions and the other religions of the world. Yes. Next survey. Next survey question, there you go. statement, whatever you call it, is... Declaration. Declara- oh, you know, never mind. I was going to talk about you-know-who, Stephen. And, uh, okay, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. That's the statement they make on the survey. And amongst U.S. evangelicals, 43% agree that Jesus was a great teacher, but not God. I, I just wonder if people are just trying to be deviants. Come on. Yeah, really? Yeah. That it's some of those you just think, are are you serious? Yeah. So here we are. We, we, we've got our Arianism going on. That's yes. It's Arianism. And maybe, maybe it used to be lower because at least Christians, even if they didn't believe the gospel, they, they at least went through the motions and they said things on Sunday, like very God of very God begotten, not made. Sure. Um, at least our theology may have been better, even if we didn't believe it yeah. uh, growing up. Do you wonder if, like, things like this one make me wonder if some of this has to do with an overemphasis or a, a bad choice to emphasize uh, just following Jesus, be like Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, social gospel type of stuff Maybe that's so. pervasive amongst a lot of churches and evangelicalism. So people are hearing a lot of that and being kind of drawn into that. So maybe they haven't even considered or been rightly taught who Jesus is. And they're only thinking about, well, I've heard about this Jesus guy. We're supposed to be like him, do what he did. Yeah, true. I, it makes you wonder. You it, know? It, inquiring minds want to know, Mike. Yes, we do. They don't tell us why the people answered the way they did. They simply tell us this is what they said. It's true. And I love the fact that there are people like this who darken the door of... D- Bible teaching, Bible preaching, even true evangelical churches yeah, yes. so that they can come and learn. Yep. And so, again, not being haters, just trying to be aware so that we can maybe be more motivated to be faithful Bible teachers. Maybe, right. maybe we need to emphasize some of these things more than we do. But Jesus is more than just a great teacher. Yeah. Very God of very God. Yep. All right. The next one on our list here, the Bible like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. That's the statement. Amongst U.S. evangelicals, we have 26% so, agree. And it looks like it's way up over the last you know eight years or so. Yeah, it's increased at least 9%, so, it looks like. Yep, more and more so. Might, that might give us some insight as to things we need to emphasize in our teaching, uh, in our Sunday school classes, if we have them, our Wednesday night classes, our morning classes, sermons, just helping people to see the difference between what the Bible teaches and its historicity and authenticity uh, and how it's different from other kinds of religions. Yes, for sure. I, I'm a little bit of a broken, um, broken what? Not a broken drum. Record? A broken record, okay, right? Like... <laughs> just keep <laughs> mixing metaphors for 200. <laughs> I love emphasizing what 
you know, preaching through the book of Acts here recently and Luke, I loved preaching through Luke because so much of it has to do with eyewitness. These are the things that happened. Luke is stressing in chapter one of Luke's gospel account, the things so that you might have certainty. Mm, Yeah. And so I I go out of my way to emphasize the historicity, uh, things that actually happened before eyewitnesses, not in private, not, you know, in hiding real historical events, because I think sometimes people are like, well, you know, maybe this is just some sort of, well, it, the Bible goes out of its way. Let's put it this way to, to, to stress. It's not mythological. Right. It's right. not in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually in real time and real space in history in the Middle East some 2000 years ago. Yep. And there were so, eyewitnesses to the things that happened that they account, you know, the accounts that you read. Yes. And so I'm going to say, of course, because I do it, but I'm going to say for those of you who teach the Bible, and hopefully we all teach the Bible in some capacity or another, uh, even if it's one-on-one with somebody who knows less than you do, we probably do need to do a better job of stressing the historicity. Uh, we're getting ready to go to, to go to Israel yet again, once again in February. And I like to tell people we're going to go see where Jesus earned salvation for you. Mm, yeah. So it's not so much a pilgrimage, but it is a historic yeah. trip. Um, so because we're talking about real, real time, real space, it, we're not over in the land of Narnia. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Nothing against Narnia. Nothing against Narnia whatsoever. Hey, this is a great moment. I'm going to let people know. We're about halfway through these here. I'm going to take a minute to let everybody know. We've talked about the coffee that you can pick up in the Pactum store, but I don't know if our listeners are aware that the OG Pactum shirt is back fully in stock. Oh, it is? Yes. The black Pactum shirt. What is OG? I don't know if it means old guard, original goat or i you know i don't know i think that's what the kids are saying the og okay i don't know it's i like it i'm trying to be cool hip here on the pactum we can scratch that reverse it strike that reverse it is what willy wonka says but the original (laughs) pactum black t-shirt is back for sale in all sizes i think it's the coolest one we want to let you know Uh it's important that you like that one okay i just wanted to get that off my chest because inquiring minds want to know Right? Perfect. <laughs> All right, back to the survey we're going through here, the Ligonier survey done by Lifeway Research. I think in conjunction is what you meant to say. In conjunction with? I think they did it together. They did it together. Yeah. They okay. did, absolutely. They, they used, yeah, anyway. <laughs> is Lifeway Baptist? Lifeway is Southern Baptist. Okay. I have some history with Lifeway. Seriously. I've been to the mothership. Those of you in the Southern Baptist world know what that means. I don't even know what that means. The mothership Lifeway. uh, I don't know if they're still headquartered there or whatnot, but uh, they were in Nashville, Tennessee, and so it used to be called the Mothership. It was the big, you know, corporate headquarters downtown in Nashville. Viva Nashville, Vegas. Vegas, Yeah. So the Mothership. I don't know. Lifeway. All right. Religious belief is that somehow associated with Jack White? Nashville. (laughs) Nashville. Lifeway. Lifeway. All right. (laughs) Oh, we're going off the rails. Okay. Yep. Next one. Religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It is not about objective nah, truth. 2000, 2022, 38% of 38%. evangelicals say that's true. Come on, people. Man. <sighs> personal opinion, not objective truth. That kind of goes back to because, what we were just yes, talking about. The last one that we Let, talked let's about. Let's talk about Facts. objective before our very eyes, historic accounts, things that actually happen. So I don't feel like the 38% um, are accurate. You don't feel like it? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets so old and so gross. Oh, man. I tell you. Well, 
Let's do the next one. Okay, the next one. Okay, this one. uh, This one has a promising answer. I've always been told that if you hear a saxophone and you're watching a movie, (laughs) you need to close your eyes. So <laughs> cue, cue the saxophone music. Oh, man. Okay. Because uh, sex outside of traditional marriage is a sin. Sin, yes. And 94% agree. Bravo. That's so good. The, that, that would be pretty obvious when you read the Bible that um, fornication is a sin. Um, adultery is a sin. So yes. it's uh, one man, one woman in the context of marriage. Then sex is actually good and it's a positive thing. Uh, 94% agree. I did find it interesting that we are so high on that one, but we have totally, you know, total whacked out Christology. Yeah. So, so a bunch we, of heretics when it right? comes to Christology, but when it comes to sex outside of marriage, we got it. Yeah. So I think both are important, but um, maybe we need to, ah, I'm going back and forth. I, we, we yeah. you better ha- you better who know who Jesus is. Yes, you should also know how to honor Jesus. Yes, yes, uh, with sex in marriage, not outside of marriage. Right. But it probably isn't wonderful um, that we know this one and we're so confused about the other one. Right, it's not. So as as I teach the Bible, I want to talk about both things. Yes, but right now it looks like maybe uh, we're not doing enough emphasis on who Jesus actually is. Right. Yep, absolutely. So let's emphasize sexual ethics, but let's do that out of gratitude um, for what Christ has done, Christ who is none other than truly God and truly man. Yeah. That would be better. And or we could talk about what God requires, the law uh, sense, but we probably need to do some adjusting when it comes to that. Yeah, I think so. All right, next one. This one's interesting. It's about gender. Gender identity is a matter of choice. And amongst U.S. evangelicals, 37% agree. Okay. Hmm. That one has increased yeah. over the years, which I guess I would say I'm not totally surprised. It's kind of aping the culture. It's kind of just, yeah, the culture wars and what's going on around us. People are kind of, uh, yeah, like you said, aping that, mimicking what's going on there. Yep. I think we'll probably do an episode here uh, sometime sooner than later on these kinds of issues as it would relate to being parents mm, yeah, uh, and with our helpful. children and understanding gender and identity and all these things. So I think that's probably in the hopper. Uh, you and I, Mike, Mike, have talked about that before. Yep. Maybe just to give some help and some insight. Yep. Yep. Um, so, all right, let's do the next one. The Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today, and 28% of evangelicals agree. Yeah, another one that's gone up yeah, in so recent years. We've, we've got some educating to do. We've got some, some helping um, to do when it comes to people understanding what the Bible teaches and why it would be tied to creation. So it's not tied to culture. It's actually sure, not yes. a norm that's changing. Uh, it's actually solidified. So Romans 1 is pretty clear on homosexuality. Uh, and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is pretty clear. Those aren't Old Testament texts. Last time I checked, they're New Testament texts. Yes. Yeah. So homosexuality has been something that's been homosexual sin and homosexuality has been around for a long time. It's not a new thing in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, prevalent in the first century. So it's not like, oh, it was good for back then, those biblical ethics, but it's sure, inappropriate yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. I think okay, last our, one. we're on the last one. We're on our last one. Okay, this one. Abortion is a sin. And amongst U.S. evangelicals, 91% agree. Good. I'm That's glad good. that at least 91% agree. It should be 100%. should be, yep. And uh, I think technology is only on our side uh, when it comes to this, as far as making this patently obvious. 
So maybe, you know, it's always been wrong. It's been bad. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, but we have even, we are all the more inexcusable today, knowing what we know and because of ultrasounds sure. and because of yeah. advances in medicine and technology. Just recently, Mike, I was talking to a friend of mine, just talking about this. He's not a Christian and just talking to him about this very matter because he was pro, pro-abortion. Mm. Uh, and I, I just used even some natural reasoning with him. Like, have you gone and seen an ultrasound? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, I basically said, I, I don't, I don't even believe you really believe it. Sure, um, hmm. you know that there's a life, and so it's concerning that nine percent apparently um, of evangelicals think think that abortion is okay. Yeah, it obviously isn't. It's kind of a no brainer uh, for us. Right. Okay. So I think what we need to do now, Mike, is to kind of close out the episode. Don't tune out yet because we still have some very important things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> to talk about the fact that these are important matters and we don't need to be overly discouraged, even though we can have heavy hearts. Sure. Let's remember who Jesus is and what Jesus promised. So before the Great Commission, we know Matthew 28, 19, and 20, which is critical. But before that, he made that great grand declaration when he says, all authority has hmm. been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Yeah. So before he says, go therefore, or literally as you are going, mm-hmm. uh, he tells us who he is. And he also tells us that he's with us. Hmm. And so as we go about wanting to proclaim the good news of salvation, to make disciples and then teach them all that Christ taught, the things we're talking about that people are maybe lacking lacking in, hmm. what we need to do is remember that Christ is with us through the power of his spirit given to us. We have his word as well. We have the gifts that he's given to the church. So we don't have to cower and we don't have to be you know, fumbling about or overly discouraged. For such a time as this, we have Jesus Christ, the Savior, by the power of his spirit. He's with us. So let's move forward with boldness, with passion, with confidence, mm. um, with, with a clear message, not bemoaning, uh, but actually with, with optimism. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Pactum today. We want to remind you, you can be going over to the Pactum.org to our store and finding the coffee. We'd love for you to pick that up, try it out. Let us know what you think. There's also some gear there for you to check out. The original black shirts are back in stock. You can find us online, Instagram, Twitter, and the like. You can be emailing us, connect at thepactum.org. We'll be having a Pactum Responsum episode in the near future, so you can email us your questions. We'd love to go over those and answer those in upcoming episodes. Again, that's connect at thepactum.org. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on The Pactum. The Pactum.